Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the today's episode of the Locked In Baseball Podcast. And, you know, just I just wanted to thank you guys so much for, you know, being able to, you know, send me your positive feedback and, and you know, really encouraging me to continue on with this because, you know, this is something new for me, you know, podcasting, recording my voice and, and editing and, and, and adding sound and all that stuff. And so um, it's taken a little bit of practice, you know, and um, a lot of times, you know, when you, when you're learning something, it can get discouraging at times. And, you know, I, I just know that, you know, it's, it's, it's getting easier, you know, on a date, you know, I'm, I'm practicing. So on a daily basis, so I'm, it's getting easier. And so I kind of, um, you know, it's because this is so new to me, you know, and for you guys to give me that, you know, that positive feedback and encouragement, you know, that really, you know, that support really is valuable for me, you know, so thank you so much. Um, if you haven't done so, you know, talk to a friend about this, share it, you know, share this podcast with them. We're on, you know, um, iTunes and Spotify, uh, you know, feel free to hit the subscribe button. That's cool too. Um, you know, so that you can, you know, you can, uh, listen into us, you know, and the information that we're able to provide for you. It's not all going to come from me. Most of it's going to come from the guests that we have on here. I'm learning along with you a lot of this stuff. So, you know, really just, um, you know, some, from time to time, especially cause we're on the phone with these guys or these guests, you know, and, um, it may, it, you know, you know, uh, with cricket wireless, some of these guys have, so sometimes their, um, you know, their, uh, their service may go in and out, but, you know, stay with it because I'll make sure that the, you know, that, uh, that it's edited correctly and that we have, you know, all the right information, um, and it becomes clear for you to understand what, you know, the conversation is about. So, um, today we have on this episode, Matt Bomeisel, um, uh, the original founder of Prospect Wire, um, which is one of the most, you know, prestigious tournament companies in the country. And they've done a really good job at running quality events, you know, for amateur baseball players and teams, you know, of all ages. Um, they, you know, you know, Shoot, I mean, I've I've been able to work with Matt for a few years now, and and just to to experience, you know, the the attention to detail that he brings to the table for what he, you know, for 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 the events that he runs for players. I mean, it's it's second to none. So, um, but we're re- what we're really here for is to talk about, you know, uh, you know, Matt's involvement, um, in ScoutCast where he's the president, um, and what ScoutCast really is. And, and how it benefits players from, you know, professional baseball all the way down to the grassroots level. And thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, like Matt, Matt and I have worked together on events in baseball, you know, for the last several years now. And it's been, you know, always a great experience, you know, on the field with you, you know, all over the country. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get into what you're, what you're working on now. Um, you know, in the, in the data space and, and how it pertains to, um, not just, you know, players at the professional level or even the collegiate level, but even, you know, the game's evolving in a way where data is becoming such a focal point in, in not just recruiting and scouting, but also development. Um, you obviously, you know, have, you know, a ton of knowledge in this, otherwise I wouldn't have you on here. So, so just kind of, you know, touch on that, give us your, you know, give us your perspective on that and, and, you know, fill me in because I'm, you know, I'm not even, you know, well-versed in this as much as I'd like to be. Well, I think the first thing that's encouraging is somebody like you, um, long-time, you know, professional baseball player, somebody that has a background like you has what many call a growth mindset, which means um, you're not going to stay locked into your ways. You're actually just always 
acknowledging that there's something more to learn. And uh, many times this whole concept of data and analytics, it's really, it can be intimidating. And many people don't want to put the time in to learn it, or they just simply, um, you know, cast it off. Um, and I just think it's encouraging to have good baseball people that are interested in learning more and trying to see how they can put into what's going. And, you know, I, I, it's really just another tool on your tool belt. You know, you've got hammer, you've got a screwdriver. Um, in your case, you would have your playing experience. Um, you've got radar guns. You have these different with data. You've hit tracks machines. These are tools that can either help a player get better, um, bring validation to a player that he is getting better, and even used in the scouting process. Right. Well, I mean, shoot, we like we're just starting to wrap our minds around how this, you know, how this can be applied from a development standpoint. Because from, you know, for, you know, for our, you know, players that I work with, you know, within, you know, our, our organization, it's you know primarily development, and then, you know, and then, you know, we we think about recruiting down, you know, in, in the draft for some guys down the road, um, you know, so you know, and we're all, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat again, where we're, we're not even able to leave our, you know, we're not supposed to, at least in California, we're not supposed to really leave our houses unless we're, you know, we're, we got to go grocery shopping or something like that. But, um, you know, for, so as a, as an organization with CBA, we have to find these avenues to, you know, still provide, you know, development opportunities. We use, you know, you know, certain technologies to help, you know, help with that. I mean, Zoom's, you know, been a, um, been an anchor for us to be able to communicate back and forth and have open dialogue between players so we can you know it's it's you know almost like a you know motivational tool to be able to just you know give them um the resource to work with them and 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 we use i mean you're familiar with like blast motion right so we use that and it's 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 been a good tool you know during this time because guys are you know at home you know sometimes alone don't really have a whole lot to do and so we kind of use that as a as you know, a development tool so that they can, you know, have some purpose in their workload. Um, but I mean, it goes beyond that, right? I mean, you know, you know, ScoutCast, I mean, I've, I've talked to you, you know, over the last several years about it. Um, you know, you, um, you, you, I think you have a really great plan with, you know, with that and how you can use it to uh, benefit players or whether it's, you know, organizations at the professional level. Um, so why, why don't you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So with, Scoutcast, we have a really good relationship specifically uh, with Flightscope. And where Flightscope is unique is that it can actually be captured, well, like the data and the tracking of it can be captured live in game. So a lot of the tools that, you know, you look at today, whether it's um, uh, Blast Motion or Hit Tracks or some of these different things, they're Rapsido, they're typically used in a player development, a practice, a bullpen, uh, a batting practice, an indoor facility uh, type of um, environment. With FlightScope, um, it's very similar to, to like a TrackMan, and now there's different optical solutions with cameras like Hawkeye that are coming out for Major League Baseball. Uh, there's Yakker Tech. There's a lot of different things, and those systems can actually be used in a game. And the difference between, well, why can't you use some of these things in practice? Why can't I use them in a game? Um, it, it, it's the invasive nature of getting the radar onto the field. So, like, when you're playing a game, I mean, there's rules. Everything has to be clear in the foul territories. You can't have anything on the field. 
And so some of these radar systems are powerful enough to go 90, 100 feet back onto a press box and totally away from the field of play to where you wouldn't even know it was there. And uh, almost every one of the major Division One schools have some some element of track man or flight scope or something that is mounted to their press box that in, in the collegiate space is just monitoring all the ball activity and then major league teams use that information for the draft. Um, so obviously game data is way more important than practice data. I mean, you can be, you know, just, just knowing what we know from, you know, every day that we've ever played baseball, you always have five o'clock hitters. You have BP monsters, you have showcase monsters, and that's all great. But the only thing that matters in baseball is what you do when the lights turn on and what happens on that field. And these radars, in my opinion, are just so much more valuable. So it's not that there's not a use for the practice data in the scouting realm, uh, but there's just much more of a use for it in development. And so, you know, let me just talk real quick about the difference between a player development role and a scouting role, where player development, um, you know, Joe, you're with a player, you're using a, a device, you're using a machine, uh, you want to try to teach the player to have certain feel and do certain things. And that live feedback of that device, whether it's a blast motion sensor and that thing just pops right up on your phone or got a Rapsido and that thing pops up right on your, your tablet, that instant feedback allows you to have a feedback loop where you're able to then make adjustments to the player in real time as opposed to trying to go back after an entire day of instructing players, you're exhausted, now you have to go home, you've got to flip on your computer and try to make sense of all this. That's a terrible feedback loop for the player. It's got to happen live and in person. And so when you can have yourself with your base background, have a machine that helps validate what you're seeing with your eyes, and then have the device populate in real time, <clears throat> that's the magic secret sauce of how you can really make somebody better. And then when you've got a scouting element, you want to get the radar off the field. You want to put it on a press box. You want to get it away from the players. You want the game to happen naturally. And then you want to try to monitor what do these guys really do in a game. And then the analysis of all of that is completes the scouting loop. And so um, that's really, you know, some of the key, the key ways that it's used um, and how, we're able to work with major league clubs who want to acquire the data from us, flight scope, whatever, uh, to help aid in their in their draft efforts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we you know we've been fortunate enough to have um, have you guys out with Scoutcast uh, over the you know I think it was last year and when when we came out to East LA College and we're able to run a workout for our guys and I mean that was the first time we were able to do it and we haven't been able to get back out there yet and we, we were planning to do it again you know somewhere yep. um you know sometime this year but obviously things are um evolving differently right now so um yeah. you know I, what what i've noticed with that um and and getting measurements and having um you know having uh having our guys out there for the first time uh, and getting these measurements that they've never had done before you know it kind of shines a light on you know different a different way to evaluate players, you know? So, um, you know, Butch Bacala was out there with us, right. And he was, you know, he was giving feedback to players, um, you know, based on, you know, so, you know, one, you know, just what, you know, his, you know, his ability to evaluate talent is, you know, 
pretty, I mean, pretty good, you know, so, um, to say the <laughs> yeah. least. So, you know, hit the feedback he was able to provide players just by having a guy that's been around the scouting world for so long. Um, uh, I mean, it means a lot, right? But then, like you said, you know, using that, using that data, it really is a way to validate how he, as a scout, right? It really gives him, um, that, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives him the proof, you know, the evidence. Yeah. The, what, the validation, right. The it, validation. So it basically just, you know, tells him what he sees is absolutely correct. So, um, you know, and that, and that the, the, the credibility that gives, you know, scout cast and, you know, the projects you take on using, you know, flight scope or, or any of these, um, you know, any of the software, uh, similar softwares, uh, out there, you know, it really, it really just, you know, enhances, you know, the, the scouting world in general, enhances what you guys do as scouts and enhance, it enhances anybody who, um, who, you know, uses similar type of types of technology to, to evaluate talent. Um, well, just think, think, think back to this, Joe, when, you know, you have a relationship with, uh, Marucci, I have a relationship with Marucci. I, I've been to Marucci and, you know, talking to, to great people they have over there, like Kyle and Kyle always tells the same story. Something similar like this, where Marucci was not in the softball space yet. They were a primarily a baseball company, and when they made their first softball bat, uh, it kind of had a thud noise coming off the bat. It was like kind of like boom, as opposed to that ping that people are used to hearing. And as a result, a lot of the softball players uh, did not adopt Marucci bats the way that they thought it was going to happen. They had to go back and re-engineer the bat. Uh, to get that ping noise to come off the bat. And I say that for a reason. That story shows us how we have inherent, <clears throat> like just biases um, in the way that we think things sound or look or hear um, when we're at the ballpark. And so if you have a, a scout like a Butch Bacala or many of the, the, the dudes that are out there that really know the game, there are still things sometimes that happen at the ballpark. Uh, uh, the way the ball comes off the bat, the way something sounds coming off the bat, the way that it looks that could affect their judgment of a hitter, could affect their place. For them to have the opportunity um, with their extremely good senses and experience to peek over at a radar device like a flight scope or a track man or what have you and see the, the raw number of that exit velocity coming off the bat, it validates what they're seeing. Um, if there is a disconnect between what Butch thinks he sees with his eyes and the number that comes off that machine, and there's a major disconnect, we know that there's either a problem with the machine or there's a problem with the perception. Usually there's, there's a problem with the machine. I trust the, the human eye a lot of times over the machines. Um, but that validation is key. A, another example, when you're evaluating a pitcher, we talk about, you know, this fastball has life. And, and what, what does life mean? As, as a hitter, you probably are in the box against dudes in, in, in pro ball that are, that are bringing it. And some of them are, are 96 and flat. And some of them are 95 with life. And that life is, is something that now kind of quantify. But if that last minute giddy up, it's the way that that ball explodes into the catcher's glove and your perception of it. But to be able to say, Okay, life is basically spin rate um, and vertical movement. So if, if a fastball has a high vertical movement and it's moving, we say, up, 
it's moving in a positive direction, not a rise ball, but it just has that last minute pow into the club. Spin rate with vertical movement is life. And so we can kind of quantify it a little bit. So what's, what many organizations do, some do it better than others, they will use data to identify the initial um, evaluation of a player. So they'll say, hey, we're checking all the data. There's a new guy in Southern Cal, serious life on his fastball. He's got a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, but also got a really high spin rate. He's got a high vertical movement. We now need to go deploy our area scout to go look at that player. And the human will come behind the data and experience evaluation behind it. That's the role where, you know, data is serving to identify it, and then the human comes behind it and validates it or no, it's like, but the guy's, you know, already full grown, his thighs are tree trunks, he's got no upside, he's got bad arms, um, he's a head jerker, he's got max effort, he's a bullpen guy, secondary pitch isn't there, whatever it is. But that initial evaluation can be seen by the data. And that's where it gets really interesting. And humans can be open minded to working with it. And, and then really a lot of players that normally would go unseen can actually get some looks. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and I think like, you know, just to kind of put that into terms, like, um, like before, before the data space kind of came around, right. You know, you would hear scouts or, or recruiters or even hitters when they, when they go back to the, when they go back to the dugout and they're like, Oh, that, you know, he, he's not throwing hard, but that's heavy. It's a heavy fastball. Right. And it's kind of the yep. same type of idea, right? Where, you know, it, 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 it doesn't rise per se, but it, it does have that perceived movement of rising. Right. So, yep, um, exactly. and I remember like as a, as a infielder and, and I was in rookie ball and I'm, I'm playing second base and we're working on double cuts from the outfield. And we have Jason Hayward in right field, who's picking up a ball near the fence and he, you know, fires like 96 with a crow hop from the outfield. And, you know, I think the ball's going to bounce. Right you know, uh, and I, I'm going to have to, you know, make a pick and then, and then throw the runner out at third base. And it, you know, the ball has that, again, that perceived, you know, that perceived, uh, that perceived rising, you know, uh, right before it hits the ground and it like smokes me right in the wrist, you know, hmm. because I think, you know, you think it's going to, you know, just because, you know, the average player, right. With the average arm strength or, um, you know, uh, or, or spin rate and for that matter, um, that, that ball's going to bounce. Right. And so yep. you come across a guy like that and he's, you know, he gets on top. Well, he gets that backspin out of the hand and, you know, even as an outfielder that just creates, you know, just, just defensive monsters, you know, when, when guys can, when guys can throw like that, you know, cause then, you know, base runners can't take the extra base. Um, you know, that they, they, you know, it, it, it keeps guys out of scoring position, uh, obviously less runs scored. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I don't think we've ever, or I don't think, I don't know if you guys have done that, but I mean, do you guys apply that type of data? I know we've talked about pitching a little bit. We haven't touched on hitting, but is that something that um, from the defensive aspect of the game that, that, you know, it, um, is that something you guys are planning on, you know, working with, or is that something just kind of out of the scope of what you guys want to do? It's a little bit of both. It's currently out of the scope of what we want to do, but there are applications that are happening in the real world. So, I know most of your listeners aren't in the major leagues, but there is StatCast in the major leagues. They can track that kind of stuff using camera equipment, optical stuff, radars. They kind of blend it all together to create this system called StatCast. Um, and they can kind of track 
a lot of these different things. I mean, what you're kind of referring to, as you know, is carry is the is the terminology for it. Stalker now has a radar gun that has a spin rate measurement on it, and I've used it indoors and on pitchers, and it's pretty good. The the, the spin rate that Stalker spits out in comparison to you know, devices like Flightscope and, and Rapsido and all that. But what's interesting is to use it on defensive players um, because if you can actually use a Stalker radar gun with spin rate at a showcase or a workout or in a practice setting and to be able to see how an outfielder spins it, I'm pretty sure you're going to see guys with high spin rate. The ball's going to carry better. The ball's going to get that good one-hop skip off the turf into the into the glove of the recipient. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good things that happen there. Same thing for catchers. Same thing for infielders throwing across the diamond. Um, and I'm not going to get into all my pet peeves on that, but um, I think that there is things that are being done there, um, but it's outside of the scope currently of what we do when we do a ScoutCast event that's primarily focused on the pitching and batting interaction, which is obviously the key to the sport. Well, I mean, I think it's great, man. Like, you know, how this, how the game's evolving, it makes things a lot easier um, from a, you know, from the scouting perspective, even from development perspective, like for us, we've started running, you know, base, you know, basically since we ran that last ScoutCast event at ELAC, um, about a year and a half ago, right? We've 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 tried to build off those measurements, those baseline numbers that were kept for those players, um, and just giving them a uh, basically a roadmap. So now they're like, you know, well, um, if you know, it, it, forget. I mean, I mean, you have exit velocity, but and you have you know velocity and spin rate and all that stuff. But they're paying attention, you know, they're paying attention to that stuff now, you know. So now when they go. You know, when when they go to their pitching lessons or they go to their hitting lessons, you know, they're they're they they have a conscious, um, they're making a conscious effort to make sure that at least over time, maybe not like that day because you know you're not always going to make an adjustment that day physically, you know, and and get results right away. But over time, they're they're you know they're consciously making sure that those metrics, you know, for lack of a better term, that they those measurements they improve you know um and so since then you know at least as an organization we've um you know we've we've incorporated incorporated athletic assessment days which is more about you know body movement and how you know you know the 60 yard dash the 30 yard dash you know 10 yard split um just more athletic stuff too because now it's not you know now it's the whole it's the whole thing right it's it's the whole package you know we got to get better athletically and and, and strength wise, if that improves and a lot of times, you know, obviously exit below is going to improve. Right. Um, you know, the uh, uh, velocity out of the hand for a pitcher is going to improve if you get stronger. Right. Overall, um, you know, but also, you know, I mean, you see, you know, you know, vast differences in you know, movement and spin rate and stuff like that, just because they're controlling their body better. And so it's a lot easier for them to make those adjustments, you know, whether it's in game or in practice or, what have you, you know, so uh, I, I, I want to say that players um, at, at all levels um, are starting in, in, down to the lowest level, you know, I mean, there, there's all sorts of like, I think the San Diego League down here, which is a collegiate league um, in the summer, uh, they, they run like analytics showcases, which is, you know, they, I mean, that, that's, that was unheard of, you know, four or five years ago. Um, but now it's, you know, it's more, it's, I think data is more on the forefront now. So people are starting to buy into that, even down to like the lower levels, you know, youth baseball, um, which I think can be a little bit, 
you know, a little bit dicey in the sense where, you know, if, you know, kids just, you know, I don't, I don't think that analytics for a 10 year old is really that important. Um, but you know, as it continues to evolve, I think that parents and coaches and they're going to pay more attention to that aspect. Um, especially, you know, especially if, you know, the major, if major league baseball is, is touching on it so much, um, and making it a focal point. You know, so, you know, I think what you're doing, like, you know, like I said, I mean, you're, you're way at the forefront of this at the amateur level, um, in the collegiate level. I know you guys have worked with, you know, um, D1 programs, you know, on, on the West coast over here. Um, and they love the technology. I mean, they use it. I mean, I, you know, they, you know, the guys I know that the schools that I know that use it, they love it, you know, be, and they, they figure out, you know, applicable ways to, to, to help their guys grow, you know, um, well, what's interesting is the, the discrepancy between what, what like a pitcher will do in a bullpen when they on these devices and then what they do in the game. And, and there are discrepancies. And that's why, you know, we do have radars at like University of Florida. We've got radars at University of San Diego, we've got Texas Tech and Elon and so forth. And, and these guys will get the players in the bullpen and they'll have certain movement patterns to their pitches, vertical and horizontal break to their fastball, whatever. And then they get in the game and you can see that they're, when they get in the game, something changes in their delivery, something were to happen. For the most part, it's the same, but some guys have some pretty good discrepancy and, and goes down. And it's just interesting to see that. Um, when you talk about, you know, data and this and that, I mean, I think that there's probably, and I'm still kind of forming my opinion on this, but my thought process has been almost like, I don't know what the right age is to get involved in it. And I'm still kind of debating in my mind, like, should a high school kid be worried about his spin rate yet? And I I don't know. I, I think that there's still phases of development. I feel like it's trying to teach like a kindergartner, uh, not that a high school kid is a kindergartner, but I, I've got kids in kindergarten. I'm, I feel like it's trying to teach a kindergartner multiplication before before they learn addition sometimes. Right. Um, and, you, you know, there's still things that's like, man, look, you haven't thrown a strike or you, you have no command or you still don't know how to spin a breaking ball, but you're, you're worried about your spin rate. So I think that it's not to say that there's there's kids that can't walk and chew gum at the same time. It's just I want to know what's the level of the player that we're talking about how far into analytics are they getting? I love analytics. There, there's certain things that I love analytics for, for high school kids. Like, and it's, and it's undebatable. Um, I love, you know, pitch movement stuff, you know, what kind of horizontal and vertical break they're getting on their pitches. Uh, I love doing the evaluation, the initial evaluation of the player where we get their spin rates and we understand just kind of like what they profile as like, this guy's a sinker ball guy. This guy's a, a high spin guy. This guy's swing and miss guy, whatever it is. And then those players have validated information that it's almost like going on a diet or trying to lose weight. Like without the scale, sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror and even tell if anything's changed until, I don't know, you see somebody that you haven't seen in three months and they go, wow, he's lost so much weight. Uh, I think for a player, it's hard for them to look in the mirror sometimes and know that they're getting better. But that data is the validation and the proof that what you are teaching and what they are doing and all the work that they've been putting in is working. And I think that that's so important, that feedback for them. Yeah. And that's where I think, and, and I have an opinion on this too. And that's where I think like having a, like you said, like a, a reputable baseball guy that, um, that, that can evaluate talent. Right. And it, it and we, there's not so many people that fit this role where they also 
have a basic understanding of data as well and how to use that data to best develop, especially, you know, young, like amateur players, kids, right? So how can, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of where, that's kind of the crossroads we're at with using blast motion with our guys because um, that's, that's all swing metrics, right? And um, so it's a little bit different than, than what you guys are are doing with, um, with flight scope and scout cast and all that. But um, how can we, use you know those 13 points of data which a lot of it looks like gibberish right and and to give to give that product to a kid right or a parent even and they're going to look at all these things and be like shoot this is like you know ap calculus you know like i i gotta i gotta learn all these things so my kid can improve with the bat which really no you don't you know so that's where i feel like we're you know at least for me it's like you know you got to find a way to translate that data into into a way where the kid or the player, the hitter can understand, you know, how to improve. Right. So you just give them specific drills to work on, focus on the drills, don't focus on the numbers. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll reassess two, three months from now and we'll watch how those numbers, you know, change, you know, so that they're, you know, so it's from a coaching perspective, you know, you got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of look at those things and, and, you know, make it really simple for because hitting is already tough, right? It's already challenging. But to throw in like, you know, to throw in some of the it look, I mean, it really does look like you know equations, you know, on the on, you know, on the on the blast platform. So when you're looking at that stuff, and you know, how do I how do I talk to a 14 year old? How do I talk to a 12 year old? How do I talk to a 17 year old or even a college kid that's home? You know, during you know during this national quarantine lockdown, you know, how do you talk? You talk to them differently, right? So. Um, you got to make it comprehensive for each, you know, competition level, right. Or each individual even, you know, um, well, that's interesting. like kids need to, so I, I, the first thing is that it's critical to have a baseball guy in the middle of that process. If you have a guy that, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a data guy. He never really played the game. Sometimes he is looking at data and I've seen it happen where he is making correct inferences from data many times. Sometimes the inferences are incorrect. But many times he's looking at data and he feels like he stumbled on something that, that he just invented. And he'll give it a term and he'll say, hey, this is called exit velocity or whatever it is. And he'll say, hey, that's, that's right. We've been Baseball as a sport has been doing that for 100 years. We just don't call it exit velocity. We call it pop or we call it power or we call it a live bat, whatever it is. Um, we don't, you know, in baseball, we call it life. We don't call it spin rate or, you know, whatever it is. And so some of these things are just being reinvented, regurgitated. But when you can get a baseball guy like yourself, like a lot of the guys at CBA, like a lot of the guys that involved with process, uh, to where you can see many times a guy like you, you can see what the player needs to improve in. And you don't even need a device. I mean, you have your eyeballs and you have your experience and you understand. You're like, look, this kid's got a long bat path and I need to fix it. But communicate that with a number, uh, whether it's, you know, hand speed or whatever is on the blast or time to impact, whatever it is. And he can see that number going down in, in maybe a different way that, that you're explaining it to him. Uh, that can be really really something that, that your experience is helping him hone in on metrics that he needs to fix. And the metrics are helping you not talk over his head. He's constantly seeing the improvement and not just hearing from you. Hey, trust me, you're getting a lot better. Uh, so just the, the complementary pieces between a baseball guy using data is, is dynamite. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's essentially, you know, what we, what we try to do. Um, and you know, the time to impact, right. That's, that's one of the focal points on, you know, on the instruction that we try to provide, you know, in our web-based training, but, um, it's also because it quantifies for them, it's something they can take care of at home in isolation without having to, you know, constantly get feedback from, you know, from a coach, right? So it's, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the constant feedback that they're getting from their, the technology that they have in their hand. So, um, we are, you know, we are kind of getting to that time now. Um, you know, in closing, I just, you know, really, really appreciate you taking the time out there. I know, you, you know, you got a lot going on. Um, you're one of the busiest guys in baseball that I know. Um, so for you to, for you to be able to, to give us, you know, a few minutes and, you know, spread some knowledge, you know, it's really, I really appreciate it, you know, and, and there's just so much more perspective out there, um, you know, uh, and, and so much more, um, you know, this game's just evolving in so many different ways, you know, and, and you're, again, you know, you guys are at the forefront with this, with ScoutCast, especially, you know, uh, at the, you know, I would say that the, the elite levels, you know, you know, great high, you know, good high school competition and above, you know, college and at the professional level for you to be integrating this and all of that, um, I mean, it, that's, that's, you know, you're a pioneer. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate the relationship we have and, and, you know, just thanks again, you know, because, uh, th- you know, this podcast is built for, you know, just providing, just giving information to, to the players that we work with and the families and, and the parents to help them understand this process a bit more. And this is just a small piece of it, but it's a, it's an important piece. So, um, that's great. Okay. I mean, I can, I can come back, you know, uh, almost any time. Um, love. I actually love talking some of this through. I mean, these types of podcasts and this this format helps. You know, for somebody's opinion like you, who I value quite a bit, and then we can kind of go back and forth, and it helps some as well. So, thanks for having me, and you know, I, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, just wanted to you know, you know, let everybody know, you know, this is something we're going to be doing with our podcast podcast you know maybe once or twice a week we're going to have um some really good people in the game that have a you know a ton of information to provide uh for you um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in my opinion as well um and you know we're just gonna kind of go back and forth and be able to you know give you guys a good listening experience or the best we can provide um and with that you know i'd like to uh, thank you guys for listening in and hope that you guys either subscribe or tell a friend about this and and you know and and thanks for your support. Um, till next time, I believe we have uh, head coach at Long Beach State, Eric Valenzuela, on the next podcast, uh, which will air sometime next week. And hope you're listening in then as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Have a great day, and I will talk to you soon.